Thank you for listening to WNLA's Sermon of the Week. Visit our website at wnla.church for ways to partner with us and to connect with our ministries. Here is this week's sermon. Amen. Thank you, worship team. We're going to jump right into uh, to the word. Um, week number seven, I believe we're on now, and I think we got one or two more in us, uh, and I, I don't apologize because like every time I want to rush through it, I'm like, but there's, I can't just rush through this specific gift. It's too good. Uh, we're, we've been talking about, our series is Charis, Charis. It's the grace on and for every believer. Charis, the, this grace means undeserved, unmerited. As I've said over and over, the second you think you can earn it is the, is the, the minute you step out of grace. The second you think you can pay it back is the minute you step out of grace. Uh, and from this word, we also get charisma, which is from grace, and it's gifts of the Spirit. What the gifts of the Spirit are, are instances of grace. This is why we use our Pepsi analogy, the flavor of the Holy Spirit, and we spend a lot of time about that flavor so that when we step in to the gifts, um, we know what those are. I want to start uh, by announcing a brand new ministry of grace that, uh, that we're in, in endeavoring to start here at Wacom New Life Assembly. It's called the Nehemiah 1325 ministry. And Tanner really thought this was a great idea. Um, and, and unless you go to Nehemiah 1325, you won't quite understand what this is. So let me, let me set the picture for you. Nehemiah, he's in the Old Testament. This is after the exile and Babylon. Um, people already came back and rebuilt the temple, uh, but the exiles are still, still gone. Nehemiah gets to come back and lead the charge and build the walls around Jerusalem again after the exile. So he, he gets there, and miraculously in 52 days, they build the entire walls around Jerusalem. Pretty amazing. If you want to come to Jerusalem with me, we have a few spots left. where You can see those walls, so at least the remnants of those ones. That's not the point here today. So here, here's what happens. After he, gets, he, he, uh, he builds the walls, 52 days, that's a miracle. And, uh, and so then they start, we're gonna, we have to do our big dedication ceremony. Then he finally turns his attention to what's going on in the temple and with the people, and he's grieved. Because now he realizes the state of what's going on here. And I, uh, here's the Nehemiah 13, 25. If you haven't guessed yet, uh, this is a little bit tongue-in-cheek. So uh, there we go. 13, 25 says this. Nehemiah's talking, and he, after he sees the sins that people have been doing, they've been intermarrying again, they have been, uh, they've been tempted into false idols, they're not even teaching their kids, uh, they don't know the, the Hebrew language, they're not even teaching them scripture anymore. And, uh, and so he gets so upset, he says this, So I confronted them, and I called down curses on them. I beat them and pulled out their hair. I made them swear in the name of God that they would not let their children intermarry with the pagan people of the land. So we're going to be starting Nehemiah 1325 Ministries, led by Tanner and John Steele. And uh, you might want to shave your head so they can't get a good grip on it. Uh, I'm kidding. I I bring this up tongue-in-cheek. I read this this week, and I'm like, where's Grace, Nehemiah? Where's Grace? Like, uh, like literally, he was so mad, he's grabbing people's hair. And then he, he, has, he goes on and he finishes the whole thought by saying this, Remember this in my favor, O God. Oh, praise the Lord, I live on the side that Jesus' blood is sufficient for me. And, and his grace is sufficient for me. Amen? 
To have a little grace for Nehemiah, I just want to put this into perspective. This is not the main point today. But, but what had happened was, was uh, when they went back and rebuilt the temple, it wasn't for 71 years that Nehemiah came back to build the walls. When we read the Bible, it's like everything just happens sequentially. 71 years is a long time, right? But so 71 years, Nehemiah is sent to go rebuild the walls in Jerusalem. Just to give you some perspective and help you have grace on poor Nehemiah. 71 years ago, in our country, I Love Lucy hit the air, the airways. That's, this, this is how long 71 years. Anybody here over 71, all right? I'll put you, you'll praise the Lord. 71 years ago, the first coast-to-coast uh, -coast direct line telephone call could be made. Uh, that, that, that's 71 years ago. 71 years ago, the average household income in the United States for the year was $3,700. The past price of gas was 19 cents. World population in, in, in 71 years ago was 2.5 billion people, which sounds like a lot until you realize that today there are 7.9 billion people on the earth. The entire population of planet Earth, this doesn't have a whole lot to do with anything other than it's very interesting. Uh, China and India together t make up more than the entire population of the, of the earth at that time, 71 years ago. So, in perspective, 71 years is a bit of a stretch. And when he comes back and he sees, so he's so busy building the wall, he doesn't see what's going on. But then he turns his attention because the Lord just did a miracle. And the people are doing the very same things that drove them into exile in the first place. And of course, in his, in his zeal, and, and rightfully so, because the only way to be made right with God was direct obedience to the law. And, and so uh, let's have a little grace on Nehemiah. But I do want to say this, just as we get started, and we've been talking a lot about grace. Grace, everybody look at me, because uh, we love grace. It's a great flavor. It's a great flavor. But grace doesn't make a sin not a sin. Okay? Just because I understand and love and believe and lean into grace and it's free to me doesn't make a sin no longer a sin. In fact, if we deliberately continue to choose to sin, knowing full well that it's a sin, but I'm going to do it anyway because, oh, his grace is sufficient, I'm going to go ahead. What happens is our hearts get hard. It's a sin. It's a, there is sin. So grace isn't, I'm just going to go ahead and do it anyway. That's, that's not grace. That's called trampling on grace. And that's called getting a hard heart. And, and, and uh, boy, that'll, that'll break you pretty good. Grace is, I don't understand why I keep accidentally falling into this sin. Father, it's wrong. Forgive me. And he says, yes, I forgive you. That's grace. Grace isn't, I'm going to go for this anyway. Because God's good enough for me. Listen, he is good enough for you. But your heart will get hard and hard to, to the point where you don't talk to him anymore. Grace draws us back, and there's an anointing here today for hard hearts to be replaced. So if you've been deliberately sinning, God's grace wants to call. He wants to give you a soft heart again. Amen. Not that you, so you won't call it, you, we won't continue to call what you're doing okay. You're like, Lord, I'm sorry. Like, then his grace will cover you. Pepsi will overflow in your life. Amen. He's sufficient for you. Amen. All right, before I jump into uh, some gifts, we're not going to get to the Romans gifts today. That will be in two weeks. Next Sunday, uh, we have a special treat. Uh, my personal hero, Brian Davenport, it will be here and he'll be preaching. Uh, he was my youth pastor when I was 12 years old, when I was baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. He was the speaker at our winter camp, and uh, we're going to have a great time next weekend. Uh, we'll get into Romans the following week. Um, but last week, we talked about uh, 
giving up our right to understand the rest of God. You know, not like the rest of him, but like the rest in him, resting in him. It only happens when I get like, okay, Lord, I don't have to understand everything, but I do need to enter that rest. I found, uh, I saw this posted online uh, this week. You throw my meme up there. Um, it says this, me trying to lean on my own understanding. And it's a guy falling down the stairs, caught in a ladder. And <laughs> of course, Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. This is the, this cracked me up because it's so true. When I, when I think I'm going to figure this all out and I'm going to understand everything, I feel like by the end of the day, I'm at the bottom of the stairs tangled up in a ladder. But when I, in all my ways, acknowledge him, he will direct my paths. So there's your special thing for the day. Continue to let the Lord be Lord. And he'll give you understanding sometimes, and sometimes you'll say, okay, I'll take the number one. <laughs> number one sounds good. I love you. All right. You know, there's a beauty in that simplicity, honestly. We can learn something from that. All right, let's jump into the gifts. Um, we've already covered, let's see, I, I just messed up my notes. All right, we've, we've already covered, and if you weren't here two weeks ago, just listen online, you'll get caught up. Uh, in first service, we covered words of wisdom, words of knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, discerning of the spirits, uh, and prophecy, um, which I just want to touch on briefly one more time here today with, with prophecy. Um, as I mentioned before, prophecy, so now we're kind of into the lecture phase here. We're going to talk about these things. Divine declaration and revelation of the purposes of God. That's what the, that's what the definition of prophecy is. Divine declaration and revelation of the purpose, purposes of God. There can also be some like insight as to what's coming down the pike, that kind of stuff. We do pack a lot into this prophecy thing, because like I said, we, we don't always have to know exactly what gift we're, we're ministering in. We need to know the flavor of the Holy Spirit, and then we step out. Whether it's a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom, or like, let's let the Lord sort that out. Let's sort out who we're, who what spirit we're coming from. But but it does uh, benefit us to to know that these things are all legal and they're in the Scripture, and we get to do them for the strengthening and the beautification of the church. Right? Amen. So so uh, so when we talk about uh, pr prophecy, this is something I had, uh, and I've told this story before. Well, I was sitting here on a Wednesday night prayer. We were doing it with the youth group, and a young man came to me, and he said, I just feel the Lord saying this, this, this phrase to you. I don't know what it means, but I'm just going to be obedient. And he said it. Now, my heart leapt because the Holy Spirit was speaking the same thing. Now, I'm not going to tell you exactly what it was yet. Unless you want to pray into it with me, I'll talk to you later. You can come to me, and I'll tell you all about it. But, uh, but here's what happens. Prophecy is never meant, this is important, prophecy is never meant to take the place of the Word of God. Okay. In fact, any prophetic word that con contradicts what Jesus and, and the scriptures reveal, that's probably coming from Dr. Pepper, not the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. So, so it's important, to, if you want to step into the prophetic gifts, you should know the word. Because you also have a, when, when the Lord gives you something, it goes through your filter too. And, uh, and so that's why someone can get the same word, and like, like the word is, hey, so-and-so, they, they need to get right, otherwise something's going to happen, and you can come with the spirit of Dr. Pepper and be like, God's going to get you, right? But the other, the other spirit is, hey, the Lord wants to draw you. He's always calling you into good things. Amen. So i got to know the word of God. In fact, I, I feel when a prophetic word is given, there's kind of a three-pronged stool that it needs to stand on in my life. Number one, does the word confirm it? So if, if, if say, say, Willem came and said, hey, here's the word of God for you. Okay, I'm going to listen because I want to receive a prophet's reward. I want to listen to that. So I'm going to listen to it, but I'm not going to give up my, my, uh, my discernment or my ability to hear from the Lord. So I'll listen to that. That's great. I like that. I'll say yes to that. 
Number two, does it, does it go in line with the scripture? Does it? Okay, if it does, all right, I'm doing pretty good. Number three, this is equally important, is the Holy Spirit confirming that in me? Because he's not going to tell Willem something that he's not going to then confirm or speak to you as well. Because he, he gives us all the, my sheep know my voice, they listen, you know his voice. So the prophe- prophecy is important to confirm with the Holy Spirit speaking in you. And I know many of you probably had the experience where the same thing keeps getting said to you over and over, and it's just confirmation after confirmation. Other times, it's just one confirmation, and you're like, could I have one more? And the Lord's like, my grace is sufficient for you. Now step out in faith. Right? So prophecy is, is very important. It's vital, uh, and, and, and it helps uh, us in understanding. It helps. It's really good. Can we say amen to prophecy? It's legal, it's still allowed, it's still legitimate, it's still a ministry that's active in the church. It has not ceased, and it's, it's just as important now as it was when the Holy Spirit was poured out on Pentecost. We need it. We need it. To direct, to encourage, to instruct, it's so important. So important. All right. Let's go to, uh, and I, <laughs> this is awesome. I love the Holy Spirit. Let's talk about different tongues, because that's another, uh, tongues is the one I think some of you are the most scared of, and, uh, and I wouldn't say rightfully so, but it, there is, a, there is a, a weirdness to it, and some people are like, well, let's just stay away from that, um, and, and so I want to talk about tongues, because it's listed right there in line with all, all the gifts of the Spirit. Everybody look at me. Tongues is a legitimate expression of the Holy Spirit. It's not demonic. It's not from the devil. And if you are doing it from the Spirit of God, Pepsi, it's perfectly wonderful. In fact, it's so beneficial to you and those around you. And I want to talk about why this is important, okay? Some of you think, some, not some of you, I won't say this, but some people feel like they have the gift of discernment because they get scared of tongues. I talked about this a couple weeks ago. Some, we, we sometimes think our gift, our gift of discernment is because I'm all of a sudden afraid when somebody says something. That's, this, that's discerning your own fear. you got to lean, like... You have to lean into the Holy Spirit, not your own fear, okay? Here's why I would say tongues is so, so important. Number one, the very, very first gift of the Spirit, instance of grace, the very first charisma given to the, given to the church when the Holy Spirit was poured out on Pentecost was? Tongues. Very first. And everyone in the room did it. Everyone in that upper room was filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other, other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. Okay? I think the law of first is important here, right? Like, this is important, important gift. Otherwise, it would, he could have given something else first. So I, I do think there's an importance to it being first, not the least. In fact, you study through the scripture in the book of Acts when the church is three out of the four instances. There are four instances where we're given in the scripture that the Holy Spirit was poured out. And we, and we knew it was manifest in somebody's life, right? Three out of the four instances was because they spoke in tongues. The entire group. The fourth one wasn't omitted. They didn't say they spoke in tongues. They, they spoke the word of God boldly, all right? It doesn't say they didn't speak in tongues. But here's the deal. Speaking in tongues is never to be forbidden, it's important. It's not the creepy gift that we stay away from. It's super, super amazing in your life. In fact, like I mentioned, when uh, my experience, so does it have to be the first thing you do? I don't, I, I don't know, really, it was my experience. 
we had gathered with a group of youth, and, and we brought Brian Davenport, my youth pastor, in. He wasn't a youth pastor yet. He was just a special speaker. We had this, we had this camp experience, and he's like, hey, listen, we're going to get filled with the Holy Spirit, and you're speaking tongues. But first, if you have, if you have anything against anybody, you're going to call them and, make, and apologize and get right with people. We're going to get our hearts right. And so we stopped the meeting right there. People went, went to the pay phone. We didn't have cell phones back then. Or they went with each other, hey, I'm sorry. You know. And then we got back together, and we got in a circle, and boom, the Holy Spirit came, and we just prayed in tongues, and it was, it was, it was, a, it was amazing. Um, and, and so, as I said, that was my experience, and it was real. It was real. Uh, as a youth pastor... I had a really cool experience as a youth pastor. I was in actually a non-denominational church in a small town. So I was pretty much the only youth group in town. As a result, the Lutheran pastor, uh, the Catholic pastor, the Free Methodist pastor, they brought their kids to my youth group. And I had Seventh-day Adventists in there too. I had the whole lot. And we had a great time. I got to, uh, in fact, the Lutheran, the Lutheran pastor in his robes, he would sit there in the back and worship with us. And, and Stephanie led worship. We had a great time. Uh, there was a young man uh, who, uh, who was Catholic. I also taught in the school, and he was in my leadership class. Great young man. Um, but, but he was also very dogmatic about certain things, and it's great. I'm just going to love you. You're going to have to come to my Bible study anyway. The Catholic Church sent their kids off to a Catholic winter camp. And their theme was, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And it, it wasn't, an, it, they weren't going into tongues or anything, but, but this young man came back and he's like, I didn't know, I didn't know what happened. As they, were, as they were preaching, just this language came into my head. And, I, and so I just started praying it out. And, I, and, and, and like, his, I'm telling you, I knew this kid very well before and after he was a different human. His political leanings even changed overnight. All of these, like, who he was, who he, like, he's an amazing, he's still a Catholic. Loves Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, doing what God's called him to do. Amazing dad, amazing man of God. So I, I'm not trying to put him in a box. I'm not trying to put the Holy Spirit, but I'm telling you, tongues is real. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Uh, is, 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 we, get, we get the Holy Spirit upon salvation, but you need to be filled now with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a deposit, guarantees our salvation. Every single person who says yes to Jesus can only do it because the Holy Spirit drew them. But now we're invited to be being filled. We need, I, I ask the Lord, Holy Spirit, fill me, fill me, fill me. Because I, I'm a leaky vessel, and the world also drains me, and I need more of the Holy Spirit. Two aspects of, of, uh, <laughs> of, of tongues, and I, I'm probably going to end on this one because I'm looking at the clock, and I'm like, okay, well, you guys are patient, right? Two aspects of, of speaking in tongues. One, a tongue that is an actual language that you were not able to speak before. Okay, that's one aspect of tongues. So like all of a sudden, you're speaking Cantonese. And you don't know it, you're just, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, and I've heard so many instances of this. This is, the, this is the instance of being filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible calls it a testimony for the unbeliever. Okay, let me find it. I have that, that, uh, that reference here. We'll get to it if I, Yes. The sign for the unbeliever, 1 Corinthians 14, 22. That's what tongues is, and, and this is the case. And I've heard time after time where somebody comes into a meeting and they hear the, 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 somebody speaking their own language and singing, saying the praises of God, even though they had no prior, prior knowledge of that. 
a, a quick history of, uh, of the modern tongues movement. Charles Fox Parham, this is way back before Azusa Street. He was a pastor and he was a college professor. And he challenged his whole class and he said, what, how would we know, essentially, how would we know if you were baptized with the Holy Spirit? And that's your assignment. Go away for a week and we're going to come back and we'll talk. The, the students all get back together and they say, well, this is what we believe according to scripture. Like, you speak in tongues. That's how you know. And he's like, okay, well, let's pray to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so they did it and, and there, was a, there was a huge revival that started there. There was a young lady, let me get, her, get this straight. Uh, her name was Agnes Osmond. Was that the name you were looking at? Agnes Osmond, in that, in that meeting, in the call, she was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she started to speak Chinese. And she's never been to China. She wasn't Chinese, she, but she could speak Chinese. In fact, she could only, this is, this is crazy, she could only speak and write Chinese for three days. This is a sign for the unbeliever. Another student, her name was Lucy Farrow. She received the, the Holy Spirit in, in, the same, in the same area. Um, she was an African-American young lady. She went back to her church. Her pastor was a guy named William Seymour. Yeah. She told him about what was going on. William Seymour gets baptized in the Holy Spirit, and that's where Azusa Street started. So, so I, I, it's, it's an amazing thing. It's an amazing part of church history. And I just wanted to throw that out for you. This is the sign for the unbeliever. The other part, part of speaking in tongues is, is uh, yes, there's the tongues where you speak in a tongue that, that you don't know, but it's an it's a official language. And the other one is as you pray. And it's an unknown language. It's a heavenly language that assists you in your prayer. Uh, in fact, this, this one is important on a couple reasons. 1 Corinthians 14.4 talks about the, uh, speaking in tongues. It edifies you. Like, edifies is a nice churchy word, but it builds you up and encourages you. So when I'm feeling discouraged, when I'm feeling drained, I'll speak in tongues. I'm like, I need to be built up. I need to be edified. So I'll speak in tongues. And that's legitimate. That's fair. It's legal. I'll free you up to take that as legal. All right? It's also the one, the one we're talking about in Romans 8.26 that says this, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays with us for groaning, with groanings and utterings that words cannot express. Um, let me encourage you, when you don't know what to pray, pray in tongues. It prays, like this is the perfect will of God. You lean into the Holy Spirit and like, I don't even know what to pray. In fact, I was in a conversation with another pastor this week. And, and we were almost bemoaning the fact, we were talking about the, the crisis of, of drug addiction, homelessness, demon possession. I mean, it's, it's amped up significantly in our culture. And, I'm like, and, and we, we, we bounced back all these ideas. And, 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 uh, and he says, we, we don't have the answer. Like, because we, we had all these amazing ideas, like, well, we could do this, we could do this, we could force this, we could legal, we, all of these things. And at the end of the day, it's not the answer. And he said, you know what, we'd probably see a lot more deliverances if we just prayed in tongues over people more. Because my ability to understand the problem is very limited, my understanding. But when I release, okay, Holy Spirit, I don't know what to pray. I'm now all of a sudden praying the perfect will of God over that person. I thought that was pretty good. I'm going to finish with this one, and then we're going to pray. Because following that, so the Bible's also very clear. There's a difference between when I'm praying, like when I'm standing here, I'm praying in tongues, or if I get up and I pray in tongues for everybody. 
When I do that, the Bible says there needs to be an interpretation. This is where, it, where Paul was a little frustrated because everybody's speaking in tongues, and he's like, I speak in tongues more than anybody. But when you come together, if you could just speak some intelligible words, it would be helpful. He also says, don't you forbid the speaking in tongues. Well, what he, what was, he was saying this. So here's what happens. If somebody gets up, there's a difference if I'm praying for somebody in tongues or if I'm giving a word, like a prophetic word, and I give it in tongues, there must be an interpretation. So when we get to a point in the service, if somebody, like it's a difference, you hear the person next to you praying in tongues, that's different than if somebody's like, now they, they speak it out. Well, now we need to stop and listen, to be obedient to scripture and listen for what that interpretation is. Because we, if we don't understand it, it doesn't, it doesn't uh, build up the body in that way. So that's, the, that's the, the next gift on the list there in Corinthians is the interpretation of tongues. That's simply, this is what the Lord just said through that, through that gift of tongues. Um, okay, we, gotta be, we have to be done. We've had a great service today anyway. Amen. Next Sunday, Pastor Brian's going to be here. Please, please don't miss next Sunday. This guy's like my favorite human. So I promise you, you will be blessed. So if you got something scheduled, unschedule it and come uh, next weekend. Uh, the following weekend, we're going to read the Romans list and we will conclude this, this series. And I'm going to give you all a can of Pepsi just as, as a gift on your way out. No Coca or Dr. Pepper allowed, Jeremy, I'm sorry. But uh, I'm going to just close us in prayer. And uh, I would encourage you, pray in tongues this week, in your private time with the Lord. If you've got problems that you don't know the answer to, spend some time praying in the Spirit. Let him help you in that. You can do it all by yourself. It doesn't have to be a big mystical thing. The Holy Spirit is so good. And so I'm going to pray. Father, would you... Fill us with your Holy Spirit. We need, we need to be filled to overflowing. Father, anybody in here today that is a, has experienced a discouragement or just a, feels like they're spread so thin, fill them with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Father, we, we, uh, we do pray for, for the homeless and the people who are mentally ill and drug addicted. And Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus, fill them with your Holy Spirit. Father, thank you that you have equipped your church with the power of the Holy Spirit to be the driving force to see your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we, your people, just want to be obedient. And so I pray that blessing. We thank you for your word in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you this week. It's going to be a good one. It's all good news. May the words of your mouth and the meditation of your heart continually please the Lord. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or if you would like to partner with our ministry, please visit our website at wnla.church.